Today's episode is brought to you exclusively by the good folks at Blue Note Therapeutics. Blue Note creates digital therapeutics to help cancer patients cope with the emotional distress of our disease. Check out their premier product, COVID Cancer Care, at covidcancercare.com, and we'll keep you posted on more programs that they're going to be releasing soon. Welcome to the Man Up to Cancer podcast. I'm Trevor Maxwell. I'm a stage four colon cancer survivor, and I've got a message for other men. You don't have to go through this alone. What does it mean to man up to cancer? It means reaching out instead of isolating. It means having the courage to accept help along the way. To me, manning up isn't just about being tough. It's about knowing that we're stronger and smarter as a pack than we are as lone wolves. Welcome, everybody, to the Man Up to Cancer podcast. I'm psyched to be here in 2022. 2022 is going to be the year. It's going to be the best year. It's not starting out so great, but it's going to be the best. I have an awesome guest with me today, um, and I'm probably going to butcher your last name. Let me give it a shot. Jason Bullio. Very, very close. Um, it's The English translation is Bullier. I don't know why it is that way, but it okay. is. But I, yeah, so so I had a friend growing up, John Bollier. Shout out to John. Um, so I can pronounce that. All right, awesome. So <laughs> so today we are going to talk about music and cancer, specifically how music can not only serve as comfort um, and, and motivation, all these other things during a cancer diagnosis and treatment, it can even serve as salvation. Um, Jason's going to talk about that because um, this guy, he has used his music to carry him through a, um, he's, he's been living with metastatic thyroid cancer for three plus years, right, Jay? Yep. Yep. Yeah, and they so, just found more. Okay. Tell, so yeah, tell us where you're at with, with your cancer right now. What's going on? Um, so I have metast- metastatic papillary thyroid cancer. I was diagnosed in 2019. Um, I had my full thyroid removed and a spine fusion done at the same time. Um, pretty crazy surgery. Um, definitely beat me up. It was a 21 hour surgery. I was intubated for a while afterwards. And then I've just kind of had these reoccurrences over and over. And right now they, uh, they're monitoring two that are behind my ear. And then there's also one on the very side of my neck where kind of all the trauma and everything is to begin with. Um, you know, hopefully they'll get it under control, but right now my doctor compared it to, uh, mowing the grass, you know? You keep pulling it out, but no matter what, it's going to yep. come back. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, so, so you must get the, you must get this a lot like, oh, thyroid cancer. That's the good one, right? I do get that a lot. And you know what? I'm, I'm guilty of saying it too, because, you know, jokes make me feel better. Yeah. Um, but you know, when people think thyroid cancer, they typically think one surgery, yep. maybe radioactive iodine, which kind of separates you for maybe a week. And then you're, you're done. They'll monitor you, you know, slowly your scans will stop. Um, well, they're not stop, but you know, they'll get fewer and farther in between. But for me, it's been every six months, um, they've found something new, um, chose to do radioactive iodine, do a surgery right now. I'm in limbo. They don't want to do more surgeries because I've had so many recently. Mm. Um, but they also don't want it to, you know, progress any further and spread. Yeah, I'm still wrapping my head around 21 hour surgery. Like that's 
that's freaking crazy. Yeah, I think they told my family it was supposed to be like 13 or 14 hours. So, you know, of course, my mom started freaking out or whatever, yeah, um, yeah. which rightfully so. I don't know. I just took a great nap until I woke up and, you know, had a tube in my throat. Um, but, you know, it was definitely difficult. But where I'm at right now, you know, it's just kind of stagnant. And I'll have another surgery, get something removed, maybe go through some more radiation or something like that. Um and just yeah when you're metastatic it's all about just extending that time just keep extending it and then yep. take it from right from one uh, mile post to the next right just ride it out until you know my body decides it's done with it or the medicine you know advances enough that it can take care of it yeah exactly we're waiting for science to catch up with us um but but to your point around so having metastatic disease like that's the thing people think thyroid cancer they think oh just take out your thyroid you'll be fine but once once cancer goes metastatic, like both of us have metastatic disease, you, 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 you know how hard it is to fully eradicate it. Like you said, like, it's almost like you're just in this battle where learning to live with it, uh, mowing the lawn for as long as you can until something comes along that can maybe cure it. Right. Right. But I have the easy so, cancer cause it's thyroid cancer. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So you're a beast. You're a cancer beast. So, uh, before we get into the music part, just real quick on you live outside of Worcester mass. I do. I do. I is that where you a... were born? Is that where you were born and raised? Um, not really. Uh, I was actually born in Rhode Island, moved to Texas when I was 11, moved to Florida when I was 14, stayed there all the way through high school, wanted to get away, join the military, got stationed 15 minutes from my hometown. Um, great. So I, when I got out of the military, I wanted to change. And my aunt actually lived in Worcester at the time. And she gave me the opportunity to come crash on her couch with my dog um, until we got settled in and found a place. And I've been here for about five years now. So, so, yeah. And so for people outside of New England, so Worcester has a, has a distinct reputation in New England as being um, kind of a crazy town. It call, they call it Wu Town. Um, it's, a, it's kind of funky, kind of crazy, and, and people are tough there. Um, it, it also, I think, is home to about 7,200 7, Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, there's a Dunkin' Donuts on every corner. That's how you give directions. You know, <laughs> go down to Dunkin' Donuts, take a right. If you hit the train tracks, you went too far, you know? <laughs> right. If, if you hit the third Dunkin' Donuts, then, you yeah, you're there. Yeah. So, yeah. um, but it's a, it's a cool town and I know it a little bit. So I'm from Maine, but we all, everyone in new England knows, you know, Massachusetts, of course. And, um, my daughter, uh, Elsie has had a bunch of softball tournaments around the Worcester area. It's a like big baseball and softball hotbed. So that's kind of cool. So we've been down there, been to some restaurants in town. Um, and it's fun. Well, they just um, opened up that, uh, Woosock stadium. So, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, hopefully baseball and stuff will take off a little bit more, maybe. Maybe your daughter will get to play there. That would be awesome. Um, so time to talk about music. This is the theme of the day. Um, so you t- you have been a musician, I think, most of your life. But f- from reading your posts, you say you didn't start singing until after your first surgery for your cancer. Is that true? That is true. Um, you know, I always, around the campfire, kind of sung and did stuff like that but actually in front of people performing where i was the only singer the first time was after the cancer surgery um that was kind of the goal that's where i wanted to go because my vocal cords only worked at uh 30 when i first woke up from the surgery yeah um and you know i sounded like i was going through puberty again um (laughs) 
but I had a friend Camden and Camden supported me and actually helped with music because they're a musician themselves. And um, the goal was to get out and you know what, I'm going to be confident in my new voice essentially because it changed, you know, I had to, to regrow and I'm still working on it. Um, But the goal was to get out there and this is me, this is how I'm going to do it. And this is where I'm at. And Camden was all for it and supported me. And now that's pretty much what I do for a living. So, uh, so yeah. So take us back a little bit and tell us about your love for music from an early age. And when did you start playing music? Well, ironically enough, um, I actually got into band because I didn't want to be in chorus. Ironically enough, now that I'm singing <laughs> and playing music. Um, but I was in uh, sixth grade when I first got into like officially band um, you know, I had music in elementary where we played the recorder and did things like that. Um, but Mr. G, great guy. He actually got me into playing a euphonium. Nobody knows what it is and that's okay. Um, it's a beautiful <laughs> instrument. Um, it's a brass instrument. I played that for years all the way up to Troy university. Um, so I was more into like the band type setting or the orchestra yeah. symphony, you know, big group. And I loved that. Um, you know, I, goofed around in bands and stuff like that with my friends playing bass guitar but never really guitar um and then kind of getting out of the military that's when i started playing more and more guitar and you know it was just more accessible while i was in the military just to have a guitar with me i can't have a euphonium with me and travel around (laughs) with it uh (laughs) not to mention they're like five thousand dollars where my guitars you know yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. um so you know i kind of just fell back on playing guitar but music has just kind of always been there um in some some form or fashion you know i did play bass guitar and jazz band i played some guitar and jazz band growing up but mostly it was that big symphonic setting marching band you know i'm from the south so marching band was huge yeah, I mean, and, and music had to be like that, like cohesive thing for you as you're moving all around these different places as a kid. Like that couldn't have been easy. Definitely. Um, everywhere I went, I had a band family, um, especially when I got into Florida. Florida is really where I felt like I was at home. I was actually, I went to high school my entire time there at one high school. So I really got to kind of build some bonds with people. But nice. I had parents that would help me get back and forth when my mom was working or, or you know make sure that i had food or my band director was awesome i didn't grow up with the with the most money but my band director actually helped sponsor so that some of us who were less fortunate were able to to still go on these trips so you know after moving around and finally finding a place in florida it was nice to actually feel like i was part of something because that was the first time i experienced marching band you know, band in the South. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and yeah. Yeah. And it just, so you're hitting on that, that music is so uh, transcendent, right? Like um, it's not just about the music. It's about the community. It's all about the community. I still have friends and stuff from high school that I still bounce ideas off or send videos to, even though we haven't seen each other in 11 years, 10 years, Yeah, yeah. you know, but they're, they'll still answer right away. Some of them have doctorates in music. Some of them, you know, are touring. Some of them just work locally and teach, which is awesome. But, you know, yeah. it's a community. You build that. 
So I'm, um, I'm a music lover, but not a musician. Um, my brother though, my brother, Justin has been a lifelong musician and plays all kinds of instruments. He's, he's, you know, he's a professional musician and he, he records other musicians. So I got my sense of the power of music through him. Um, and it's very, it, it, he, hearing you talk about it just reminds me of that. It's really, really cool. Um, so fast forward, um, did you continue to play music in your twenties uh, before I, your diagnosis? I did. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't my life. It was just kind of a little hobby that I had. Maybe, you know, I'd play once or twice a week. I knew a couple chords to sit around the campfire, you know, yeah. and play, play some songs and get through it. Um, never really took it serious though. And then that switch that, what was it that that switch turned on after your, your surgery and after your diagnosis that was like, this is my calling I, and I'm all in. Well, see, I had, I had always been playing music. I had spent 20 plus years doing this thing that I loved, but never really had the time or took the time to see where I could take it on my own. And then I got hit with cancer and I had some surgeries that kind of made me sit down for a little bit <laughs> yeah. and really, um, you know, kind of process what's going on. And I had more time to dive in. Um, I was able to kind of set goals. Um, I have a life coach. His name's Derek. Shout out to Derek. He's a great nice. guy, Derek Johnson. Um, he has helped me out tremendously. I have goal charts and everything that I'm trying to get to and achieve. And, you know, it might be slow, you know, and I'll have setbacks. Absolutely. Now, once that, once I found out that I've been doing this for almost all of my life and now I can make money doing it, now I don't have to stress about working a 40-hour-a-week job, which I don't know if I could feasibly do right now. Yeah. With surgeries, doctor's appointments, I have a lot of neuropathy and stuff in the surgeries. Um, so my shoulder and neck, does they don't really cooperate the way that they should. Um, but I found this and I love this. How did it, how did you start out then? Like when, when you started, when you made that decision, like, Hey, I'm going to, or, or not even made the decision when it kind of <laughs> maybe made the decision for you that you were going to sing, you were going to play, you were going to do this. How did that evolve? Um, you know, over the past couple of years. So after the surgery, the reason I started singing was it was actually a lot easier to sing than it was to talk. Um, I, it was easier to keep syllables and things connected um, you know, the breathing's a little bit different. So I started using that just in my room, trying to to learn how to talk again without my voice cracking or my voice dying out or not being yeah. able to have a conversation with someone. And, you know, I was, I was actually getting really, really frustrated with it. Um, I was kind of beating myself up thinking, you know, what, what am I going to do? You know, I'm 27 years old at the time. Um, I had just, you know, stopped working my job. I'm trying to play music and talk again. Um, and then one of my friends from a job, Camden, I brought them up, Yeah, came over and just, Here, here's what we're going to do. I, I see you struggling and I want to be here for you. We've been friends for a while. Let's, let's do this. Anytime your voice drops out, I'm going to be right there to pick up where you left off. So it's like, it never, it never went away. Now that is a friend, man. And then we, you know, we started working and yeah, I would get frustrated. 
Um, and Camden would tell me all the time, you got to settle down, just take it down a little bit. We're still working. Um, and then I set the goal. I want to go out and I want to play live. I want to have enough confidence that if I go out in front of a group of people, I know that I can do this. That'll let me know that, you know, my voice is back where it's supposed to be. This music thing that I've been kind of putting in my pocket my entire life. Maybe it's, yeah. maybe it is time to pull that out. Oh, goosebumps, and, man. And then I actually had the opportunity. Unfortunately, Camden was at Luthier School at the time. So I had to do it by myself. But this was a year and a half of working with Cam, you know, with set lists and songs, trying to find the right songs so that I could get comfortable. And then I had the opportunity to play in Worcester in front of about 15 people. I played for three hours. Um, Damn, that's a long set for your first live gig, man. And it, <laughs> you know, I had a little bit of a break in, you know, about a 15, 20 minute break in the middle. That's what I always try to aim for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I will tell you that that was a very good feeling. It's kind of hard to put that into words yeah. after I took everything down. I had cash money in my hand from a venue. I had a bucket full of tips and I'm sitting in my car going, <laughs> this just paid my, my car insurance. Right and on. I worked for three hours. All right. So let's see what we can do. <laughs> and then I had maybe one gig a month because that's really all I could do. It was too much to do anything more than that. Wait, is this still, is this, this is still pre COVID. So this is actually post COVID. I actually didn't play my first gig until after COVID okay, because okay. my, my reoccurrence, my first reoccurrence was at the start of COVID. Okay. Gotcha. So this is all happening um, while the pandemic's going on. Right. Right. I booked so hard. And as soon as, you know, the regulations and stuff were lifted, I was, I was hitting the ground trying to find these places that would let me play. And, you know, Hey, do you have a video of you playing live? Ooh, no, but yeah. I've been doing this for years. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I, you know, I sent a, a video of me playing what I got and beatboxing and playing the, the bass guitar part and stacking it and looping it so that I could play the guitar solo and sing. And, you know, it was like a one man band thing. And, uh, one-eyed jacks tiki bar and grill in worcester they were just like yeah why don't you come out here and i did and you know ever since then i've just hit the ground um you know and people COVID, love it people love COVID what you do starting to come back so you know sometimes things have had to be dialed in a little bit but we're all kind of working together you know in worcester you got to wear a mask now everywhere you go um in millbury they just did that yesterday yeah um but the cool thing is, as long as I have my own little work area, typically don't have to wear a mask. So it's a lot easier to sing and perform and people can see my face. <laughs> I mean, and have you been able to start reaching some people online as well? So with online and things like that, I tried to hit that heavy during COVID. Um, and it was at the beginning with Camden before Camden left for school. Yeah. Um, and at the time, I guess I just felt like I wasn't good enough. I going back and looking at the videos, you know, I felt like I wasn't quite there yet. And maybe mm -hmm. that's why we started using the online outlet was to see where, see where I was, see how comfortable I was. Um, and 
so I kind of dropped off that really hit the workshop, hit the work shed. Um, even when Camden went off to school, I stayed working hard, you know, working every day, working on songs, adding songs, trying new songs, trying new mashups. Um, and then when Camden got back, it opened up a whole lot, a, a bigger window of opportunity to be able to play because now it wasn't solely on me. Yeah. So instead of only being able to do one or two gigs a month, now that Camden's back, we have a gig almost every weekend. So a live gig almost every weekend. A live gig almost every weekend. Oh my gosh, man. That's awesome. Yep, Congrats. That's huge. It's great. And you know, I'm, I'm just playing covers, you know, I'm not playing my original songs, but surviving through music is about community. It's about me playing that coffee shop on a Saturday morning and you stop in to have your coffee and just hang out. You yeah, know, you so tell me a story. Perfect. Perfect segue into surviving through music. So what, what is that? Tell us what, what that's all about. So surviving through music is, is what it is. You know, I used music to help me get through one of the hardest times in my life. I know that there are other people in the world that have used music to help them, whether it be Western music, Eastern music, you know, whatever type of music you listen to. Yeah. Music makes you feel some type of way. And if there's any sort of way that surviving through music, that our group can give you that feeling, that memory, that thought, that you know oh man you know that's music that's healing that's you could call it spiritual if you want it to you know there's a different type of connection so surviving through music is about everybody who's ever used music at one point in their life to better themselves to feel better to move past something to recover you know and i just wanted to build a community of that i grew up with band family i kind of talked about it a little a little while ago i'd love to have a surviving through music family and i feel like i'm starting to starting to build that local community where people know me and say hi you know and things like that it's great absolutely awesome and great description so is it um so you have a facebook is it a public facebook page or group that's surviving through music yeah so i'm actually on most social media platforms i'm on instagram facebook i have a tiktok um, which is, I'd yep. like to say it's about music, but there's videos of me and my dog on there a lot. Um, and it's great. Um, but I yeah, think I all... saw your video on eating the, the cheeseburgers, which was a very Ooh, good one. That was, I, I had no idea we were so <laughs> close to the original cheeseburgers. So we made a day out of that. That was, and of course we ate other burgers on the way. Cause what makes <laughs> eating a cheeseburger a bur- better, day. but eating more burgers, uh, <laughs> but it's all surviving through music. You go to Google and type in "surviving through music," you will see my You're Facebook on all those page. Channels. My, yep. And um, you, and is that what is that the name that you 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 call your group or no? Is that or do you just go under Jason Bollier? So that I like surviving through uh, music to be the community. Yes, when I play live gigs, I like when it says "surviving through music." But I'm Jason. I want okay. you to come up and say hi, Jason. How are you doing? You know, I want you to come up to Camden and say, "Hey, Cam, how you doing?" Um, we're working with a bass player right now and Sean's, you know, up to speed and out working, you know, I don't want, Oh, it's surviving through music. I'd rather that's Jason. That's Cam. You know, it's a family surviving through music is everybody. I just use that as a blanket to let you know, that's where we're going to be. 
And so the best way for people to access what you're doing is to just search you up on search surviving through music on Google. Do you have a traditional website or is it all social? So right now it's all social media. Um, if you are looking for any of my own personal music, just because the only song I've ever released was with Cancer Can Rock, it's actually under their um, their page and I can tell you how to find it and things like that. It's under my name as opposed okay. to surviving through music. Um, but surviving through music will get you to, awesome. to me. If you want to send me a message, if you want to email me, that's where you'll find all my email stuff. Perfect. Let me talk about Cancer Can Rock. So, so Cancer Can Rock, um, just to give people a background, it's a nonprofit organization founded by Jim Ebert. He is a multi-platinum record producer, uh, himself a cancer survivor. And, and so the Cancer Can Rock Foundation serves musicians facing aggressive cancer. And I'm just going to quote this um, from their website. Donations go toward getting these musicians into a studio with professionals and producing a tangible result for them and their families. These songs have provided both pride for those who have survived and solace for those that survived them. So you were, tell us how you were selected to participate. You're, you are now a Cancer Ken Rock artist. I am. I am. And it's, it's incredible. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Rich. Thank you to everybody who was out there. Um, so I actually with surviving through music have been trying to connect with other social media pages that maybe work through music and helping people. Um, and I came across this page. Um, uh, wow. I'm forgetting the name of the page. Ryan is the owner of the page. It's a uh, mental health awareness through music. Um, oh, wow. okay. and we kind of connected and I had posted some videos on there and we'd kind of come, you know, communicated back and forth. And someone else through the grapevine, her name's Kelly. Um, thank you for suggesting me. Um, yeah. Actually had heard about Cancer Can Rock and mentioned me. So then Ryan connected with me. And I was like, yeah, this is this is awesome. I'd love to do this. And then Ryan kind of reached out to Jim. Ryan took care of everything until I got the phone call and Jim Ebert was on the phone. <laughs> uh, ho holy crap <laughs> and I mean Jim Ebert maybe a lot of people don't know who Jim Ebert is um, however he made one of my favorite albums of all time um, he was he worked with the album All Time Low um, Nothing Personal and to get a phone call like that for an album that you know I grew up with that I loved so much Wow. Just the phone call. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> you just left it at the phone call. Um, and then, you know, hey, we want to fly you out to Los Angeles. We've heard one of your songs. We want to record one of your songs with some great musicians. We have some really great people that work and offer their time with us. Um, just give us some information. Give us some time and we'll get it all set up. And then there was kind of a lull for a little bit. And I'm you know, I've gone through a lot recently. I've, I'm trying to stay positive. Yeah. Um, but there's so many other people out there that could have had the opportunity, you know, to do this. And then Rich called me with the plane information. All right. So this is, this is actually happening. <laughs> That's getting real. Let's, let's go. Um, and yeah, I flew out to Los Angeles. I re got to record in the village studio, which was incredible. They also gave me a few days uh, just to kind of explore Los Angeles a little bit, which I'm so grateful for. Um, a lot of 
checking out the beach and just seeing kind of what was there. But the recording studio was the highlight of of everything. I mean, John Mayer Continuum, the album was recorded there. Nice. You know, I was I was in I was in limbo. I was in heaven the entire day. Um, so, so the song "What's Next" is that one? Is that a song that you wrote? That is an original song by me. Yes. Um, and you know, I had put chords and everything to it and had the melody. But while we were in the studio, um, we actually I actually had the opportunity to watch it kind of grow and change a little bit because I came in with the idea for a bridge, and then someone you know just took it and flip-flopped it and changed it around and now i understand why you do this for a living and you're a professional you know yeah you, <laughs> you're yeah you play synth piano and guitar for survivor <laughs> uh all right yeah probably know what you're you, talking about yeah <laughs> whatever you want to do <laughs> well I'm and just I have here. To, so i have to say and i told you this before we started recording the show today is that that song is just awesome. You guys can find it just if you just Google "Cancer Can Rock" or Jason Bollier and and what's next, um, you'll find it. And I was telling Jason that I listen to that song regularly. I have a you know my different cancer playlists as I've gone through treatment and post surgery and all kinds of stuff, and that is on my that's on multiple of my playlists. Um, and and I think just knowing that we're both you know cancer patients slash survivors it gives you know i listen to it and get goosebumps every time because i know that that's that you're someone who is in the trenches really powerful it's it's amazing and i want people to check it out and 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 i know that that was such a tremendous experience for you yeah i mean it's on spotify it's on iHeartRadio. it's on apple music it's on pandora awesome um, so i mean you you should be able to find it i know my last name is a doozy um but it's and i'll put uh, i will put all these i'll put a bunch of links in the show notes so if you're listening to this out there check out the show notes as well and and i'll put links to uh where you can find this music yeah but i mean if all else if you just kind of are hanging out and you hear this and you want to share a story with me that even maybe you don't want other people to know please reach out you know this is this is what i do this is my life if you want people to know your story I have a platform called surviving through music where I'd love to share your story. Absolutely. Fantastic. Can you share some of your goals that you might have for this year? So for this year, um, I am trying to tip the scale from being, um, you know, a hobbyist to a professional. Um, I'm very close to kind of doing that. Most of my bills are being paid through music and 
some form or fashion because I also do lessons. Um, Excellent. I want to I want to get on the radio. Um, want to put what's next on the radio in my yeah. community so people can hear it because so far I've gotten great feedback. Um, anytime I've played it live out at a venue or a gig, um, beat this little stint of. Oh, hello! Hold on, just one second. Yeah, well, hold on. I lost your your uh, feed there. Hey, there you are. Um, you know lost my train of thought no beat the so the cancer that i think you were talking about the the yeah the reoccurrences you know hoping hoping that i can just get that squashed and taken care of as soon as possible as easily as possible so it doesn't impact kind of the momentum i've i have but if for whatever reason it does slow me down i have a great support system i've already mentioned a few of the people derek camden you know Jimmy Bird and Rich are still there for me. Cancer so can rock. Important. Yeah. Um, you know, not to mention man up to cancer, you know. Awesome. That's yeah, the first was there Facebook for you. group was there I was in. So, Excellent. Um, but this year, this year, we're going to try to get some things done. We're going to put out some more songs. We're going to get out there playing some more live music. And we're going to try to actually set up a band to play some of our original songs as opposed to covers, but everybody loves bar covers. They're great. We're going to take a quick minute to thank today's sponsor. We want to thank Blue Note Therapeutics for sponsoring today's podcast. Man Up to Cancer only partners with companies that we love and that offer real solutions for our community. Blue Note's goal is to make digital therapeutics available to every cancer patient from diagnosis and treatment to survivorship. Digital therapeutics treat conditions like anxiety and depression related to cancer using evidence-based software. These therapies address the emotional distress that many of us face during our cancer journeys, and they'll be accessible anytime, anywhere, on your computer or mobile device. Please check out Blue Note's premier product, COVID Cancer Care, at covidcancercare.com. It's a free program with exercises and strategies for coping with the double whammy of cancer and COVID. That's at covidcancercare.com. To Jeff, Laura, and the rest of the Blue Note team, we are so grateful for your support. A couple things. I, we need to get you up here to Maine. you got to be playing a gig up here in Portland. Come on up. I have an RV. Um, oh, so that was actually my next <laughs> My next thought. I was like, I'm so t- I need you to tell us about your RV. I saw you posted that you got an RV, and there's this giant RV behind you in this photo. Yeah. It's, um, so I have always loved the idea of living, you know, van living, bus living, RV living. Um, and I, I never wanted something so big. Um, but a family friend was like, Hey, we have this, we have something else that we're using. If you'd like this, it needs some work, but take it. So I did for $2,500. I got a 31 foot, (laughs) um, drivable RV. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's needed some work. I put about maybe, six seven hundred dollars into it but now it drives we take we've taken it out um haven't taken it so far as maine we have gone down to connecticut so we know that it that the beast can drive (laughs) and it fits a lot of people (laughs) that's fantastic um yeah keep us posted on your your travels in 2022 i'm hoping that the pandemic will kind of settle down here real soon 
Um, live music is so important to so many people's lives and it's been such a, a loss to, and people are finding ways like you've found ways to, to do it during the pandemic. So I'm not saying it's shut down, but it has been a major crimp on, on people's live music opportunities and experiences. So I'm hoping the best. Um, we're going to wrap up now. I'm going to put you on the map to cancer hot seat. It's the gauntlet of random questions for Jason Bollier. And my first question for you is what's the best sandwich on planet earth? Chicken cordon bleu. Wow. That came out of, that came out of left field. I like that's the first time <laughs> I've heard of that one. Is that a homemade or is that somewhere, is, or is that at a place in, in Worcester that you can get? Um, I have not found a place in Worcester that can uh, really compete. 110 Grill's got a good one um, that you can ask for, but yeah. I like making mine at home. I love cooking. But 110 awesome. Grill, like I said, they got a good one. That one's right down the street. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a fan of that. This is good intel. Um, next question. UFOs and aliens are among us. Yes or no? Uh, we, we can't talk about that. I So wink, wink. I hear your answer. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. Mm -hmm. All right. Next question. If you had to wear one Halloween costume every day for the rest of your life, what would you be dressed up as? Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your celebrity crush? Oh, so there's two. All right. Zoe Deschanel, if you are out there and you hear this, see this, whatever, no, <laughs> no, that I, I'm really upset you married one of those property brothers, all right? So Zoe um, Deschanel, like from Elf or from New Girl? Or I both? don't even care. It took me so long <laughs> to be able to get through the first season of New Girl because she's just, she's so pretty that I have such a hard time focusing on it. Um, and then my other crush... Honestly, Michael Buble can sing me to sleep anytime he wants to. <laughs> I, I think, interestingly, I think his name has come up from someone uh, as a celebrity crush. So I think that's the second Michael Buble reference we've had here. Well done, sir. I think I have uh, one more, um, but those were great. Last question. If you could, sp this is probably going to be the toughest one for you. If you could spend a day with one musician, dead or alive, who would it be? Ooh, one musician dead or alive. Wow, that's right. Like the, for you, for a music guy like you, that's like, that's really putting you on the hot seat. I mean, Eric Clapton, I would love to, to hang out with Eric Clapton. We're talking, you know, kind of older rock, but today, right now, yeah. if I could okay. just meet a musician, there's two musicians that you should look out for. Okay. Um, one is Billy Strings. He's a bluegrass artist. He's absolutely phenomenal. He played um, up then, here recently. Yep. And then you got Kingfish, who is a phenomenal blues player. Um, if I could just hang out with them because they're alive right now, I would definitely love to. But Dead, play BB King. That would be great. You know, <laughs> I love the classics. I think just sitting down with anybody who's had musical experience and passion would probably be a great day fantastic you're the man this was an awesome conversation um i can't wait to share it with people we have so many music lovers in the howling place in the man up to cancer community um and i know that all so many of them if they've interacted with you seen your stuff they're inspired by you so keep um that confidence going i see it in you um you know keep believing in yourself and 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 i totally believe that you can 
take your music wherever it needs to go and, and to whoever needs to hear it. That's what it's all about. So thank you for joining us today. Well, thank like I said, thank you to Trevor. Thank you to Jim for Man Up to Cancer and being able to have a place where you can, you know, kind of pal it out and yeah. let people know how you're feeling and get some support. Um, like I said, that was the first group I was a part of um, that I kind of got steered into. Um, and then look at where it took me. Cancer can rock and social media Fantastic, is a man. wonderful thing. You guys, you guys are a family too. Awesome, brother. Great talking to you. Thank you best so much. Best wishes for this year. We'll be seeing you in the Howling Place. Thanks for listening to the Man Up to Cancer podcast. If you want to support our mission, visit patreon.com backslash man up to cancer. Monthly subscriptions start at five bucks, less than a single cup of coffee at some establishments. And if you know a man struggling with the isolation that cancer can bring, let him know about us. The Wolfpack doors are always open. Big thanks again to Blue Note Therapeutics for sponsoring today's podcast. Blue Note creates digital therapeutics to help cancer patients cope with the emotional distress of our disease. Check out their premier product, COVID Cancer Care, at covidcancercare.com.